Welcome to Moral Realms, an Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the round gates this evening are... Alright, well this is Aaron, and I'm bringing you uh, my line of portents. Uh, my name is Paul, and did you hear about the evil Treeman sailors who always sailed left? People call them malign portents. And this is Eric with his misaligned porpoise. In this episode, we're discussing the unprecedented collection of malign portents stories published by Games Workshop on malignportents.com. We'll be sharing our favorites, discussing some overarching themes that you can see if you take a step back and look at the whole collection. If you're watching us on YouTube, looking like idiots miming in front of the camera, <laughs> please like and subscribe to the channel. I don't know who you're talking about. If you're, if you're listening on your favorite podcast where you're, you're saved from watching us do the miming, uh, please leave a review on iTunes. Share this episode on social media so we can introduce more people to the Age of Sigmar lore. How are you doing, gentlemen? Really good, good. though. I, my house has been invaded. Yep. What? So we're yeah. this is our uh, first time being invited over to Aaron's house to record. To be, clear, to be clear, you were not invited ever, ever, especially since uh, little June being born. Oh yeah, and the remodeling of this uh, this space. So he this is not just Aaron's hobby space. He also works here. Well, I mean. <laughs> Working hard or hardly working, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Also, the lock is on the outside of the door, I noticed. So (laughs) Uh, that really helped uh, during my wife's maternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) So Aaron is uh, trapped in here. We may be trapped in here. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. (laughs) You're not wrong. So what have you guys been up to? Uh, Working on anything in the hobby or uh, with all the, I mean, Age of Sigmar 2.0 coming out? What have you guys been up to? Uh, I have been working on my Seaguard army, slowly. Ooh. Um, getting the base colors down on my Sea Helm and my Merworm. So cool, Merworm. All that interesting. Merworm. Merworm with Sea Lord. Getting get ready Marworm. for them. What Sea Lord? Getting ready for them to you know deliver letters in in the mortal realms. Yeah, um, my uh, my Elven postman. Sure, sure, sure. Merworm Melon. Merworm Melon. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Um, <laughs> you and, thought the puns were done. Yeah. No. And how's that been going? You've been uh, has has building that in Age of Sigmar two been good, or does the new edition have any bearing on whether or not you're building this or not? No, the new edition has nothing to do with it. True. I think it'll be fun. I've been working on it for a while. I had it to the base colors, and I haven't taken it forward. So I'm just painting up a couple more models to get them to the base colors, so I can start finishing them off. Sure. I rebased them all, but that's about it. Cool. cool. Is, is the is the the merworm um is that part of that like allegiance or alliance or how does that work? So not anymore. Technically, a merworm, according to Forge World, at least in the old updated scrolls, which sure. might be changed within the next week, is a destruction hoping. monster. So therefore, I cannot use it. We get it in an order yeah. faction. Dibs. Uh, but in the old lore for the old world. Mm. Um, the Lothern Seaguard sure. I've heard had of an army in Storm of Chaos, and in Storm of Chaos, they had merworms that they were allowed to field. But they weren't merworm mailmen. Mil- they were just merworms. And they're merworm male elves, aren't they? And females. I mean, 
and female elves, but we like, don't discriminate. I mean, so <laughs> male, 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 male neutral or elves. male person. Fair, fair enough. It's 2018. Um, so because of that, I decided I wanted to Wait have a, a nice... Aaron, are you establishing a timeline for the Moral Realms? Uh, yeah. Uh, the is year. that the Age of Myth? Is that the Age of Sigmar? Like, what's going on here? You're confusing our timeline. Mm, it's my own, like, you know, there's the Gregorian calendar. Like, this is the Age of, like, Age of Aaron. Like, that's how I measure time. Are you, like, yeah. a chaos god? Are we, like, what's, what's going on here? I don't have to answer that question. Well, that's fair. But I did decide I wanted a centerpiece for my Seaguard army. Uh, and so I converted my merworm to have a little stand platform for my sea lord to stand on it. Okay, cool. So it it fits in very well with the look of the rest of it, and it fits in with the sea theme and etc. Is it accounts as something a dragon? Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to just have it uh, counts as something on dragon cool. to ally into the army. Right on. So I wonder if we're going to see a lot of those like in deep kit armies. I guess I didn't really put two and two together. That'd be rad. I, think, that would be I mean, cool. I guess if they're really destruction, then it's hard to, but still. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a keyword change. Sure. Too true. Too true. Make it order. Mm-hmm. Make it mirror worm. Are you going to order them to be order? Or are you going to order them to be destruction? I'll ask them nicely. <laughs> yeah. You're real kind <laughs> and generous. So, um, in terms of what I'm working on, I think I said it last time. I'm really just filing all the miscellaneous, uh, little dudes that I got like unrelated to any particular army. Um, in this display case, uh, but so no real rhyme or reason as to what's getting done. Um, but you I, know, I got the plastic put together. There's something um, therapeutic about not having a rhyme or reason sure. for a little bit. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, do you feel like any of that's associated with uh, the waiting on the new release to finalize and all that kind of stuff? You know, maybe yeah. Maybe trying to have like a cleaner slate. I mean, by no means am I going to be done by the time it drops, but close to that. Define with done with what? I done having all the models on sprues put together. Okay. That's, that will be my that's, definition. That's the goal. Don't look yeah, at yeah. room. That's your 2018 goal. Uh, <laughs> that's a Russian a little bit. That's, 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 that's a little too quick. Like, that's, that's my 30s goal right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ending soon. Ending quick. Yeah. Oh, man. You're just <laughs> overachiever. So over the hill, but there's that too. Uh, hey, tell me about what you're doing, Trey. Oh man. Um so obviously you'd think so there's so much uh new cool stuff in Age of Sigma 2. There's Light new spells. Sacrosanct. Yeah. Um, you know, you know there's these new models. Oh yeah, there's and, all this amazing stuff. And there's much magic, and you'd think, yeah. wow, you've been playing death for a year. Maybe you wanna and you know, do death with their summoning their magic. Yeah, also, there's a bunch of new cool stuff. Yeah. And so, which of all that stuff that you just said are you doing in New York? Get Buster Ogres. That's not that wasn't. That's, I don't even know if they're going to survive. Maybe they're going to go legend someday. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But I've just for some reason. Yours are already legendary. For some reason, <laughs> I wanted to go back to my ogre nids, my uh, tyranid and ogre kind of uh, mashup conglomeration. Yeah. A caravan of destruction caravan and, of and, and eating. Um, In that order? A smashic, smashic. Oh gosh, <laughs> a smashigsborg. Smashigsborg. Life is a veritable smashigsborg. Smashigsborg. Yeah. Okay, they'll allow it. Yeah. Dave, you listening? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Davey. <laughs> happy you're not here. Um, I think he listens. No. So yeah. I. I uh, so yeah, I mean, I so I started putting them together so I could get them back on the table. Some of the um, points are dropping in that army, um, so you know it's weird. Points drops 
don't usually don't always with the, the destruction get you more models in but i think it'll it opens it up for some endless spells and stuff right yeah uh, it's small door that opens with those sure. point reductions command, um, command points right that's the thing yep command points so i actually played my first game of aos 2 today against some uh zinch change hosts and the thing that i thought was gonna um throttle my clock was not the thing that throttled my clock hmm. uh and so uh, Is i that a phrase how do you throttle a clock the thing I thought I throttled my clock was going to be um, a lot of magic, but it ended up being a blue scribe zipping around on the board, summoning things in the in the backfields sure. and wherever it wants. So some target priority on uh, Zinch. Pro tip right here. Oh, kill the blue scribe. Yeah. And we don't normally talk about a lot. No, like, no, no. But this, this is definitive. This is it's good. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been working on that. Uh, but I've also been doing... As I mentioned last time, uh, even more some more commissions and cool. drawing and and uh, which has been fun doing some characters, uh, people in the mortal realms, etc. And uh, yeah, so but Neat. definitely been excited with all the releases of Age of Sigmar 2.0. Uh, I painted up a Knight of Shrouds, the mounted Knight of Shrouds for our local. Mm-hmm. Is that finished? Did you do that? It's finished. That was a lot of fun. It's a base. Uh, it is finished. Oh no, it's not based. That's uh, Tony's going to take care of that. Um, but it was uh, cool to just play with the different textures. The bone on the horse being a little more spectral, the skin on the horse, and the cloth on the the Knight of Shrouds being more, um, uh, I guess, textural. Mm-hmm. And then the heavy metal of his helmet, like how would that even float in there? You know, sure. and, and the sword and all that kind of stuff. So just playing, you know, metal versus fabric and and then you know ethereal stuff so that was really cool cool did you do anything different anything out of the ordinary uh no i painted it kind of to the store's kind of paint scheme but i thought it could be cool to do something like like the cloth as like burlap sacks like is like a really like like they didn't even have nagash didn't even give them like good cloth sure like he wanted he wanted their soul their spirit to itch Right, you know, mine does. <laughs> mine does that sometimes too. Like, you're like, just even thinking about burlap. Yeah. So, um, and then maybe like black iron, like super heavy and and dark for like the the chains and the locks that they're swinging around and stuff right. with just like little bits of rust, True. not like. Although I thought when you with your um, with your uh, grot scuddlers mm-hmm. with that heavy rust, yeah, it could be really cool to. Uh, that would look work really good with the kind of a blue ethereal or something to that effect. Or... You mean like how I'm getting two starters and kind of be painting them up in that kind of way? What? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do there. Cause I think, uh, again, each of those, like the, every single model has like multiple textural elements that mm-hmm. can be fun to play with. But... Yeah. I think it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, we covered, we gushed over AOS models and stuff last time, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to just trying to, also kind of clean, get back to old models, build them, paint them. Uh, but, you know. Feels good. Yeah, it's nice. It. Um, so. And then. Should we start talking about some aligned portents? Uh, I thought it was, I thought porpoise is what. Misaligned porpoises. Yeah, mis- okay, there you go. No, malign portents. Sure, sure. Well. Portents. Trees. Yeah. There I'm you not- go. You got it. You got it. It only <laughs> took 20 minutes. Well, we, I mean, we. I didn't get, but 
I, mm. I mean, audience. <laughs> so what did you guys think? You all got it, didn't so you? So we've had uh, almost 50 stories um, yeah, geez, uh, since February. Sure. Is that mm-hmm. what it was? Yeah. Um, uh, January even? No, January. Um, what was your guys' impression when The Line Importance came out, when they said, hey, we're going to be putting on a story every, you know, two stories a week, three stories a week? Mm-hmm. Um, what was your What was your first impression on that? Uh, I was like, yes, please. Uh, it sounded amazing. <laughs> Uh, we've gotten fiction in White's Wharf in the past. We obviously get fiction in the Battle Tomes. We get fiction in uh, Black Library. We've got it in a lot of different places before. But number one, it's never been free, per se. And number two, it hasn't been current era, mm-hmm. necessarily, especially what Malign Portance has done. And what a really interesting thing to me is, is that it has moved the story forward. Mm-hmm. We don't really get that, right? The closest thing we got to that was Storm of Chaos in the Old World before we got to the End Times. And Storm of Chaos kind of went backwards after it happened. So it it was amazing to watch the narrative develop. Mm-hmm. And it went straight from the last box that we got of the Nurgle and the Knight Zephyros straight into this new box set that we have. We transitioned from the last starter to the new starter. And that's kind of an interesting and really cool idea to me. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was ambitious. It was, mm-hmm. um, there's a new website for it. Um, there was, they give you a bunch of like, Hey, we're going to talk about the different realms um, partway through. Mm-hmm. Well, so initial impressions, like I thought it was great. I mean, I like the idea of short stories. I like the idea of that format. Um, you know, you talk a lot about, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of different formats of storytelling, this was the first time we had really short form, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it was enough where you could easily take a minute, read it mm-hmm. and have some story sitting in your head for the day. And you didn't know, again, kind of like the rumor mill stuff, kind of, kind of like when you, um, you know, read in a tome, you get these little hints of things. You're like, wait a minute, is that going to be a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that got previewed mm-hmm. way before we saw models or had confirmation of something. Um, and, Maybe that means that there could be some confirmations hidden in there that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, Aaron, you know, being illiterate, sure. What did? Uh, <laughs> but I really appreciate you guys reading them to me. Like that's really that's your <laughs> your good deed for the year. Um, I, my first impression was that there's no way they're going to be able to keep this up. Like I'm, I'm amazed that we've gone this far. I mean, not to sell them short or anything, but like the fact that like uh, we've had very interesting. I mean, I, I don't know that there's been a dud in the bunch. Um, I'm normally pretty critical about stuff like that. Um, but yet, they, each one it comes out with a new perspective, a new angle, uh, even if it's sort of repeat characters that they're coming at them in, in new tenses and in, in new uh, areas. So uh, I'm, I'm surprised that they've been able to fire on, on these cylinders for so long. I, to this day, don't know how long they're going for. Like, are we almost done? Or like, how's that work? It's going to be done soon. Okay. Uh, from what I remember, and if I recall correctly, Phil Kelly was on Warhammer Live, and he sure. said there is a certain amount, and we're getting towards the end. Okay. Uh, so I think we might be on the last few stories, because okay. there was a point at which they would stop. Sure. Well, and I, the release of 2.0 would probably be a great place to do it. Exactly. Um, but uh, one of the things I, I think I mentioned in previous episodes, maybe, is I love seeing um, the ramifications of larger events, but on on a small scale. And this that's this to a T, right? To see um, uh, countless, not countless, 50 or whatever um, perspectives on dealing with the current events of the time and this being the soul wars. Um, Cause 
oftentimes I find myself thinking, right, well, there's this big thing going on. What, what, are, what are the, how do the grots feel about it? Or how do the fire slayers feel about it? And how, how's it affecting them? Mm-hmm. And I mean, very few people or very few races or armies have been left out at this point. I feel like you know, if you're checking boxes, almost everyone's been referenced. Um, mm-hmm. So that's real cool. Uh, and again, uh, first impression, I never would have thought that it would sprawl to this level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for it. And plus, I love the bite size stuff. You know, I can read on my phone, you know, um eating breakfast or something so mm-hmm. that's nice too yeah I, I think one of the really fascinating things about these short stories is they have completely changed the tone of age of sigmar right this wasn't a book that was released malign importance has its own book and it had its own story mm-hmm. but that told a very specific story in a very specific place True. what these stories have done is they have transitioned the whole range as far as i'm concerned from what it was which is chaos coming in and destroying everything which is what has always been the narrative, right? In the old world, chaos is going to come in and destroy everything, right? In AOS, chaos is going to come in and destroy everything. And we've heard about these other times when that wasn't the case. Mm. This is the first time that we have a point where chaos isn't going to win, right? Chaos is losing. They have lost ground and we are having a different villain show up, right? Like, Nagash has always been there, but he was in the old world. He was in his own specific area. He never really became this world-dominating threat. There was always the idea that don't, he could be. Don't tell End Times Nagash that. But even then, no, he wasn't a world-ending threat because it wasn't him who ended the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so we have transitioned from what we knew. So even... Like the little strings that we held on to from the old world of, oh yeah, it's chaos. Hmm. Chaos is going to destroy everything. Chaos is going to end the world. Everything is terrible. And we had order fighting back, but like chaos is still holding on to most things. And now we have another player who came in and over the course of these stories has taken control over everything, is defeating everyone, right? That is very much the theme of these stories. Mm. Nothing good is going on. Everything bad is going on. Mm, if you're a death player, I feel like this is pretty great. But, I love it. Yep. I mean, that's kind of subjective. If you think that Nagash oh, is good, actually, or if you, you think Sigmar you bring is up a good. good point. No good person would play death. Okay, mm. you're valid. All right. But what we also have is we have a complexity, right? It's not just one motivation, right? It's not destruction versus nothing. We have this actual genuine exploration of why does Nagash want what he wants? This actual exploration of why does Nurgle want what he wants? Why does Korn want what he wants? And saying why this is different, why this is wrong, why this is new. And that's a constant informed viewpoint in these stories. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, we have been used to a very black and white, um, chaos versus everybody, like a life and death, uh, and even AOS at the beginning in the in the age of of myth, talk about the pantheon, and that's mm-hmm. what it was: chaos versus everyone. But sure. that couldn't last forever. There was too many differences within the pantheon and, and what people wanted. And then even in uh, you know, like taking the pantheon for granted or the power of of the hatred for chaos mm-hmm. in, for granted in that it would keep everybody together. You know, and so um, enemy of my enemy. Yeah, yeah. And so, what's been interesting is I know that there's this idea of waxing and waning of the chaos gods, mm-hmm. um, but within the storytelling and what Games Workshop is setting up with this is that there's a ability to wax and wane who the uh, protagonist and antagonist is, um, and give different armies their spotlight. I mean, as a death player, 
having death and Nagash being the big bad for a little bit has been really fun. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, and so being able to, you know, do, you know, <laughs> all of last year was a lot of this, you know, uh, you know, who'd be victorious only the faithful. And you know what? We're not hearing so much of that anymore because Nagash is all in all is Nagash. Sure. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> well, and the other really fascinating thing is that like, this is the culmination of something that has been going on since the age of myth. Right, we hear about this story, and we started in the Malign Portents book about every skeleton bringing a single grain of sand, and we're hearing the resolution in these free short stories, and that's awesome, right? Like, you don't, you should get the book because the book is awesome, the book is beautiful, and the story is great, but you don't need the book with these short stories to understand what's going on, right? Nobody's being left behind. And that's a really interesting, different perspective that we have. We have Warhammer Live. We have the Stormcast podcast now. We're getting up to date on all these things. But if you want to find out what's going on yourself, we have a venue that transitioned you from basically AOS 1.0 to AOS Mm 2.0. And it's not just a transition of rules. It's a transition of viewpoints. It's a transition of motivations. Transition of logos. Yeah, transition of logos. We're going from the War of Chaos to the Soul Wars. Well, what's cool about this format, curious to think what you think is cool, hit me. but that we get to, oh, that, that instead of, hey, here's Malign, like, we got a book, Malign Portents, we got to read and recap, like, what what Nagash's goals are, and what he's trying to do, and, and what the, who the players are, and, and what they're what they're about. Uh, we know, you know, Nagash is building up this Black Pyramid, and what's it going to do, but what was, I think, was cool about this format, and this kind of slow drip and it being free is that like everyone's getting these little reveals at the same time, yeah. but there's a delayed kind of reveal of things. Sure. Delayed payoff. Um, and so, you know, the first time some, there were some events that happened in these stories that rippled through the community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so being able to experience that all together at the same time or within, you know, 24 hours, of each other right instead of like you know oh i picked a malign portents and i read it you know day one and somebody else is going to pick it up next week and well, is read, gonna read it, it two weeks before release right like especially in this era of having playtesters get stuff early hearing yeah. about what's going to go on you know uh, as people a, getting review copies it is fun being like on the same pages yeah like it's fun well, oh, it's just, a shared experience yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. like everybody's on the same page because nobody gets early early access everybody reads it when it's released if they want to, and everybody talks about it. Like, it is well, this immediate, like, everybody. as far as I'm concerned, everyone joining of the community, right? It is a community experience yeah. to read these stories. And that's awesome. Sure. I mean, prime example is the Seraphine. We won't go, we, I don't think we're going to yeah, get into yeah. that. No. One, but the Seraphine one is, is like textbook that is, I mean, how, how much discussion uh, evolved from the re- release of that story. I mean, even for days, like after the fact. Well, then it's like two paragraphs, yeah. right? It, it legitimately is only two paragraphs the, that yeah. caused all the... the very end, mm-hmm. lizards come flowing out of a vat. Sure, yeah. yeah. Or out of the spawning pool, and they're like, oh, they're real things. Yeah. And that flipped the script on what we were all talking about. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of digging back into the old Seraphon stuff and content and, yeah. and whatever. Re-evaluation. And, and yeah. uh, it was really cool. Um, oh, we thought we knew. So it definitely had it. So what did you think? Any things like that popped out? Um, you, I apologize. You brought that up. So good, good job. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, mission accomplished. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean back and. Do you have anything else I'm to add, Karen? Uh, Karen <laughs> let you guys carry the show. 
Um, uh, I, I like Paul's point to, to the transition and um, the fact that we all sort of follow along as time goes on. Um, we're fortunate or unfortunate, it depends on how you look at it, that we read a lot of the books so that we can very closely follow, um, you know, Black Library's authors' takes on current events and, and what's going on. But even so, a lot of those are just microcosms and reactionary towards like the greater story at, at large. Um, these are... are uniquely situated to allow us to sort of chart a path alongside the 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 story um and sort of ride it to its you know logical conclusion however you want to put it um so because of that like i especially like them um but also for all the reasons that we've listed uh so far as well all right so do we we kind of had a couple ideas for the format either you know we want to spend some time talking about um well uh we want to spend some time talking about our favorites Um, I also want to spend some time talking about some of these themes that we touched on mm-hmm. before we get into that, similar to our other regular story phases. Um, what would be a review? What would you say is, you know, for somebody who, before we get into spoilers and talking mm-hmm. about our stories for somebody who hasn't, um, read through these, maybe has picked out one or two, what would you, would you recommend them coming to the maligninportance.com uh, website, reading these stories? And if so, what would be your approach what would you tell them how would you tell them to approach this collection sure that's a good question um for me i I definitely recommend reading them um and i don't i don't know dear listener i don't know when you're listening to this but if if it's any time before 2.0 releases i'd I'd get on them maybe ahead of time because once 2.0 does drop i feel like we're going to get dumped with a lot more information of post malign portents so if you want to be informed about what what we're dealing with going into it read them sooner rather than later get out there in fact pause this podcast uh and go out and give them give them a shot um but how would you tackle them i mean you could read them just straight on through i feel like that's what most people have done just from a, a an order perspective um, but maybe that's not the best way to go about it um you could uh try and find the ones related to your favorite army like to, to sort of build those ties and give you you your a better take on what your army's doing in this particular setting um so that's one way to to approach it. I don't know how how would you guys like tackle it if you hadn't read any of them before. Uh, I personally would start from the first story and move forward. Sure. Because some of the stories are sequential. Sure. And you get a better appreciation if you watch it from one to the other. And uh, as I mentioned before, we start out at the very end of the last box set, and we end at the very beginning of the next one. True. There is a a definite narrative thrust to it. Um, well, like, you wouldn't have to, though. I mean, a, to, a lot of them do right? follow, but not, not necessarily yep. all of them. Um, but the vast majority of them are standalone stories that tell of a moment in time. And like, and that's an, another really interesting aspect about this, right? If you want to read five of them, you're going to understand everything that's in the five of them, right? A lot of the Black Library stories have this continuing narrative, and you kind of got to figure out where it fits in here, or Thanks a lot, it's this Reynolds. character... Well, it's great because he actually develops the character. But it. if you were to read the third <laughs> book about the Hallowed Knights, it wouldn't necessarily have the same impact if you hadn't read the first and the second. Too true. Right? But the other thing is that a lot of the themes, a lot of the characters, a lot of the settings of those novels are in these short stories. I mean, we mm-hmm. can look at different aspects of it, but one and of the we things will. Uh, that is very specific is there was mentions of... <laughs> a specific city and marsh striders mm. in one of the short stories that was released. Um, it was, I think the witch hunters one. Mm. So um, you're starting to get into the themes. 
Well, don't go there. I'm not going to okay. that theme. I'm okay. going into a different theme. Okay. So, well, but that's what I say is what talk more talk more broadly about your approach. Don't go into spoilers yet. Talk more broadly well, about how you approach talk okay. about the plot. What I'm talking about is if you read about the short story and you read about Marsh Striders, they are mentioned otherwhere in the fiction, right? These are very much hooks to help you to enjoy the moment and enjoy the story, but also to say, hey, this seems kind of cool. I wonder if I can find more information about this. The answer is 99% of the time, yes, you can find more information about this. That's a Paul Wagner guarantee right there, 99%. 99%. I'm going to hold you to it. 99% of the word time, it works 100% of the time. More worms. More worms. More worms, more person, male, than elves. Nailed it. Um, (laughs) What are your thoughts, Eric? So, I don't oh, know if you want. Do you want me to put you on the spot? Do you want me to put you on the spot? No, I just turned it on you. you, what are you, talking it on about? you. I just. Well, I mean, uh, by the time you listen to this, <laughs> there'll be a spreadsheet on our website. Oh God, no! Oh, I don't man, think that is that on up. the spot. Uh, was that fair? I don't know if that was <laughs> fair. Point you're bringing this up. Okay. <laughs> so, so I do think that, that as a starting spot, because you may not be able to start from the beginning to the end, and part of what was nice for us as it was going is that you just had to deal with one at a time. Mm-hmm. If you have to deal with the whole thing, right. It may not be that interesting after the fact you might read the AOS 2.0 and go back and it's the old news. Mm-hmm. Some of it, right. Um, it's not as mysterious. Sure. So I would, I would certainly go and find maybe the faction that you're interested in or, I already said that. uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a realm that you want to know more about. Ooh, okay. And, uh, you know, a number of these aren't necessarily the, the realm that they're in isn't spoken about. Mm. But there's certainly some set in Hammerhall. Sure. Some set in um, uh, Excelsior. Sure. Some set out into the reaches, but some in Azir, some in Shaiish, some in, a lot of them in Shaiish. Yeah. Um, I wonder why. So there's, there's a lot of different places where if you want to kind of dive into a location. Um, and, I mean, especially if you're doing skirmish or campaign. Um, picking a setting like this and it'll dive you right into something that you could use. Um, so that's where I would start. Maybe if, if I, if I'm forced to pick something different than what somebody else on the podcast said, that's, that's how podcasts work. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we go first. I go second <coughs> rule of three. All right. So, uh, so start with location and, uh, <laughs> By the time you listen to this, there'll be a spreadsheet <laughs> on our website. Sure. I mean, uh, I, I the dot so com <laughs> forward slash blind portents spreadsheet lookup. I mean, that's that I mean, do you like want a it to be that long? Oh, okay. I mean, forward slash blind portents. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I guess. <laughs> I, again, dear listener, I did not. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, but I mean. It, so anyway, so some of the things it's, 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 I think, yeah, I think there's a number of ways to approach it, start to finish, uh, find the the pieces you're, that you're interested in. Um, if you, we're going to be talking about some themes here uh, in a little bit. And so if there's some themes that interest you, hopefully we'll have a, a number of stories for you to start with. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, and you're right. Uh, being able to pinpoint the, the bits and pieces or factions or areas would be very helpful for someone to, to pinpoint. So we'll, we'll try and put up a resource to help people find the things that they are interested in. Um, I guess it, it's looking at that list of stories. I wouldn't find it daunting because I want to, I would want to read every little single bit but for somebody coming into it. I mean, and everybody is you. Sure. Uh, I often project. 
I mean, I hope. I can't help it. I yeah. would love it. The world would be a better place. <laughs> if, if that were Imagine the they're all errands. But yeah, nothing's like that. <laughs> that would be daunting. Uh, so I think we, we've all given you great, great advice. Some better advice than others. Uh, <laughs> but I think all three of us do recommend that folks g- get as much as you can out of them. Um, dig into it's free. Them. Yeah, they're very free. Yep, uh, super free. It's in an easy to, to find place and look through place. Like sure. it's the, the website's real easy to navigate through. Um, and there's very enjoyable stories. And, very, very well written. Like, yep. In fact, I don't think they attribute a lot of like them. Well, I like, think, and some of them are not, uh, they're black library authors. Most of them, I think, are their community team and uh, other people on the staff. Sure, sure. Like the yeah. background writers and things. Uh, yeah, I believe it's almost all the background writers, but there are a few black library in there. Hey, uh, hey, from what Phil Kelly mentioned. Hey, that, hey, G-Dub, like, slap some names on them. I want to give kudos as as necessary. I asked that already. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I asked that on Warhammer Live. He's like, it's kind of everybody, and they kind of all collaborated too. Okay. So it's like, I have this idea. How do I do this? We'll all kind of do this together. Sure, but like, was, we do that too, and Eric still takes credit for all of it. Like, Well, but that's... I don't take I it. Don't know. It's I given. Mean, it's freely given. Uh, <laughs> I didn't notice you get a sweet... When you put your face up forward... <laughs> I didn't notice you get a sweet. He's you got, got a his sweet face chair up forward right now. I mean, legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron, you want that? You want oh, that spot? This is my awful side too. Right. So go check them out, um, malignportance.com, uh, and uh, and our joke at the front with the saying malignportance in different ways is because it when it first came out, none of it we couldn't remember the the phrase malignportance. Yeah, it's tricky. No. It was a hard one, but now. Rolls off the tongue. Etched into my brain. <laughs> it is a special, meaningful time for us now. Sure, yeah. Exactly. Um, and which is also different, just to, is different than other campaigns that they've done. Like they had a Milan Portance, like global campaign. Oh, yeah. They had a, a, we put on a coalescence event um, in March. Sure. And uh, so it just, but it, and it's culminating in something pretty big. So that's pretty cool. All right. Um, let's, should we go, uh, spoilers. 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 Um. No, it will probably wouldn't be good to do the tear off <laughs> pants right now. I don't, Especially since you're not wearing tear off pants, <laughs> you can't put them on. That would be a right. problem. That's right. one spoiler that we don't want to reveal. <laughs> I was just meaning Mark. It'd be easy to tell. Anyway, oh, video revealing. Is he wearing pants? <laughs> right. Well, I can't listen. <laughs> so next step. Uh, he's so let's, happy. He's let's talk here. about. Uh, Favorite um, favorite stories. Do you want to go first? Okay, Paul, you can go first. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. But make well, it there's no more worms. There's no more worms. Okay. Murmurs? Maybe even more worms. No more right. worms. I'm going to read the first sentence because it's cool. All right. We'll be the judge of that. What's the story called? It is called... Download this story. No. The Hangman's Curse. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Uh, Lord Slagus lent on his bubotic hammer and breathed a bubbling sigh of satisfaction. All right? Because there's a real cool opening. To me, as kind of always, it reminds me of a bit. This one is a single-piece model. The uh, dwarf model, where he's got both hands on top of the hammer. Mm. The dwarf lord. Um, it's it's kind of a cool image to me. Um, but Lord Slagus is this character who uh, is a Blight King and it's a really cool story, and I really, really enjoy it for a lot of different reasons. Um, one of them is that he's just kind of a normal guy, right? Well, I he, mean, he's got a bunch of crap growing on him, and yeah, but he like he's a normal people. blight king. He's ah. not some. He's not a mover or shaker. He's right? not. He's not a blight lord. Or a lord <laughs> it of could blights. be a blight lord, but like he's taking over this city that 
we have not heard mention of before mm -hmm. and we i don't believe we'll hear mention of before right uh <laughs> the the civilization that he has taken over is gokoria mm. Uh, and, and that name's going right out the window as soon as he has anything to say about it. Yeah. What? What's wrong with Gokoria? You don't think he's going to change it? Well, he already uses the language. Okay. So I think he might preserve it. Okay. But spoilers, he won't. So uh, basically, the reason I really enjoy this story is because this is a moment in time, but it actually talks about this vast history of him, Lord Slaugus, conquering Gokoria. And Gokoria is a free people's civilization. Uh, he is finishing, as it were, this finest final battle. And he comes back and he rock, walks through the ruins of this civilization, which is just a really cool image and talks about all of this Nurgle growth and Nurgle destruction that has come through and how he's contaminated the whole area, the whole people. And they're bringing back these bodies to become death's heads in his orchard. Um, it's very much from the very beginning an entire purview of destruction mm. everything has been destroyed right he has destroyed everything about Gakoria. he has destroyed their hope he has taken their language he has taken their people he has taken their cities he has taken everything he is this unstoppable tide of nurgle power basically now you're bumming me out like ugh. Well, but that that's kind of the theme of these stories, and it's Go uh, Korea. Yeah, well, Go Korea's dead. So um, talking about a bummer, like so that's that's fair. But uh, <laughs> so he's taking him these bodies and his war band back to him to a place called Leper's Wood, and the mm -hmm. Leper's Wood is his base of operations, and it is the vast central basis of his Nurgle power. Uh, it says it's the first place he conquered, and it's where he grows his own death heads. He has made it into his own Nurgle's paradise. Mm -hmm. um, and as he crosses the hill to come into view, uh, it becomes very obvious that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time that I remember reading about somebody who is of chaos, of Nurgle. And it says, he is shocked. Right? Like, Nurgle doesn't get shocked because they don't care about death. They care about the cycle. Why would they be shocked? But the shock is something is wrong. And that something is the ceasing of the cycle. Death is fine. Rebirth is fine. It's the stasis. Bet you're wondering how I got here. Exactly. Right? Standing on the hill. Bet you're wondering how I got here. Standing on the hill outside of Leper's Wood, and it's dead. Right? But it's the difference. It's the clarification. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about this story. It's the clarification that it's not the death. It is the sterility. Mm -hmm. It is the nothingness of it. Sure. If I'm going to borrow from the never-ending story. Oh. It's the nothing. I'll try um, you. <laughs> but he goes down into the wood. <laughs> and he ends up being taken over by these night haunts, as it were. Uh, the, this death force. And he is separated from the rest of his war band. Mm. And he goes in and he finds his death's heads, the people who are hanging uh, to be ripened as death's heads, being taken over by undeath. And it mm. just drives him to rage. Like, it, it drives him into a very cornate sense of being. It would right? drive anybody crazy, though. Like, the same would happen to you. Mm -hmm. Can you blame him? I don't know. I, I think mean, I could hold my own in a forest full of corpses coming back to life. Oh, Yeah. 
feel like i mean wouldn't be the first time <laughs> we've all been there yeah all right people you gotta take him up on his challenge and find a forest full of corpses whoa, 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 to, uh... you... mm. <laughs> so <laughs> we know we was kidding right yes we just know. Kidding. okay it, just kidding <laughs> uh <laughs> uh so um end of the story spoilers uh, Lord Slaugus is unable to overcome. And as finally the mists part, his warband sees him hung as a death's head upon his own tree, but he is dead. Hmm. His skin is turned white, and he has realm stone trickling out of his mouth from the realm of Shaiish. Gross. And that's what, that was the cool thing for me, is that realm stone had become a specific thing, hmm. right? We've heard about Realmstone before. It's very much seemed very similar to Warpstone from the old world. It was this magic stone that you find that has powers. But here, the Realmstone is particular to Shaiish, and the Realmstone is sand. Sure. And of course, it's an amazing image of the sands of time running out, right? And mm-hmm. like that is what this Realmstone is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you read the Malign Portent story uh, in the book, it really brings to very specific relevance exactly how powerful this stuff is, especially when he has something trickling out of him. It is almost as if the realm stone itself is what killed him. You know, they say it does get everywhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this, the stone does, uh, I mean, the power of realm stone is it pulls your life force. It sucks you. Mm-hmm. It, it drains you. Uh, yeah. a, a mortal cannot hold a stone very long. And that's why, and even, um, in the more important story, yeah. Spoilers. Um, the skeletons, and I actually, I think we get we got a video about this in the more important stuff early on when they were like announcing the, the um the fork like yep. around that time. The right? yeah, the harbingers, harbingers um, yeah. and where we've got these skeletons marching from the edge of the realm towards the center of the realm, each one holding one grain of sand, one single grain, uh, because even the, an undead skeleton can't last long with you know can't hold that much. Sure. And survive. So um, what I liked here was the introduction of Nurgle and death as antagonist and protagonist mm-hmm. uh, throughout this. Uh, and there's a number of stories. Uh, there's probably more than a handful of stories that are Nurgle versus death. Mm-hmm. We talk about, we get well, to meet Horticulus. Yeah. And the cycle um, interrupted, which I covered in the lightning strike. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Rodigus is here and they're talking about, and what's interesting, you talked about, that transition is that they're they're in the realm of life and that's what a lot of the realm gate wars was about was the realm of life and nurgle had had spent time there but now nurgle's turning his eyes and his servants towards shyish and the these these document that kind of that transition which is uh, and and those two as obviously life and death like uh garan versus shyish was an obvious one it made sense but uh, Nargle versus death is the twisted kind of mirror of that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I definitely saw it and I, I get it and but it, and it was cool to see. Yeah, that that juxtaposition. Sure. I mean, and I think we've already alluded to it, but like those two next to each other are Nargle's deal, right? So if for every uh, desire or attention that he was giving the realm of life, he, he probably equally cared as as much about the, the death side of things. Whether or not he was able to get a foothold there is up for debate. Um, so obviously that he would be drawn there as well, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And like you said, there's a bunch of different stories that stand out. So I really like adding character to what could be 
I don't know when you're dealing with death, um, it could be sort of a, a sterile conversation or the characters can be kind of sterile. If you're not going to be dealing with, you know, the, the higher level, higher echelons, the Lords, the, the Mortarks and so on and so forth. So it's fun to see a very characterful army um, from the Nurgle side of things to see like the jovial, like happy go lucky folks um, tackling not only just the sterile part of death, but like the, the, even the emotionless sterility of the death as well yeah. is a good way to. Whereas, yeah, whereas is life and Nurgle, Nurgle's a perversion, but it yeah. kind of they they there there's a a parallelness to them. Sure. Um, whereas death is the opposite of Nurgle. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and so yeah, you 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 almost you almost get a better sense of the wretchedness of Nurgle mm-hmm. when you set it next to the sterility of yeah, of the death. overabundance. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's one of the last things that was really, I think, well done in this story is that there were Blight Kings that were killed in the battle. And it talks about how they left the bodies in the field because they would sow Nurgle's blessings into the land. Uh, and when we finally see Lord Slugus, he is like, you know, his wounds are weeping. He's still a Nurgle soldier and it's dripping into the soil. But the sand has stopped it. Hmm. Right. It, even in his death, he cannot move forward. Uh, it is literally mm-hmm. a, you know, it is the worst possible death for someone who of Nurgle. And we covered, survive. we also covered um, Nagash Undying King, mm-hmm. overall importance, which uh, was was uh, Nurgle's forces trying to get into Shaiish and clear yeah. foothold. And, yeah, a lot of those themes hold true for that book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any last pieces or comments on this particular story? It's. I mean, this one I think defined a lot of my importance in mm-hmm. in a lot of the the big theme of Nurgle and death. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's a good one to leave. Or, I mean, a good one to be one of the early ones to sort, of, like you said, yeah. set the stage for what we're going to be yeah. dealing with. Yeah. Oh, well, it was number three, and I like that it assumed that you had some knowledge from reading Malign Importance, right? Like the first story assumed that you had some knowledge from reading Blight War. Uh, the second story did not have that as much, and the mm. third story assumed that you read Malign Importance, but it added to it. Yeah, right. Like, and that's what was really cool. It didn't just take the story that we had before and continue on with one of the characters. This is a different character we hadn't been introduced before, and he's taking the theme and moving it forward. Yeah. Yep. What do you want to go next? Or All right, I'll talk about mine. Uh, mine's a little one called. Let me pull it up right here. It's called the Price of Apotheosis. Like Seventy dollars, uh, give or take. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you that, pre-order, it's ten percent off. Can you get it at Walgreens? Uh, no. Um, you have to get it through your friendly local game store or uh, GW retailer. Can okay. I get a subscription to it or a prescription to it? Uh, I don't. I'm not. It's late. I'm not thinking off the cuff right now. <laughs> Let me just talk to you about the story. Um, cool. So for, for you folks listening at home, uh, if you don't know what apotheosis is, then you obviously have not been following Age of Sigmar. Um, but we're, we're dealing with, since the beginning of the game, or since the beginning of the, the, the lore, the background, um, we've been having to learn piece by piece um, about how the Stormcast, Stormcast operate, how they come into being. Um, and one of the, the big mysteries or a you know, big sort of gaping hole in what we know how how they operate and how they come into being, I just said that um, is is how uh, the, what the makes refor- the stormcast stormcast. Yeah, exactly. How, how the reforging process works and, and how how they how they're created. Um, we've have since found out that there's this anvil of apotheosis where somehow in some way they're forged and they're beaten into, into the honed killing machines that they are uh, today. 
Um, but as we all know, uh, that process um, tends to uh, take something from the Stormcast or sometimes give them additional abilities, but like it, it, it changes them beyond just turning them into big hulking armored armored dudes. And this story stood out to me because it... it and it, dudettes. It's, and dudettes, yes, correct. Uh, uh, it starts to allude to a more, not sinister, but um, uh, a gaping hole in the process that um, we want to find out more about. So what we're going to find out in this story is... is um, uh, Basically, who watches this process and um, what, what what his this Stormcast take on it is. So uh, we're going to be following the, the thought process of where is his name? Cavastus Seven Cents, which is a cool ass name. Um, seven he, Cents, none the richer. Yeah, ain't that so good? So good. No, yeah. is that what you're doing? Oh god, man! Guys, it's, again, it's late. Um, um, uh, two kids. Uh, so. <laughs> Furthermore, there's another introduction, one of the first introductions to the Sanctusanct uh, chamber. So he's a he's a Sanctusanct dude um, who's who's standing guard outside the Anvil of Apotheosis, and he's listening in on just a, I think a nameless Stormcast getting reforged. Um, and we we sometimes I think in some of the stories we've gotten we've seen a couple of people get reforged or like maybe the, the steps soon after where they're getting their armor attached to the Van- yeah. In some of the Vanda stories, we, he's in he's in there he's feeling his armor come back together, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, Gardas, Gardas? Yeah, Gardas, Gardas is in kind of the locker room, kind of going through some memories sure. uh, yeah, exactly. shortly afterwards. But we don't never, we don't often get a sense of, you're not often in the moment or the early stages of, you know, the, the, the painful part of mm-hmm. the, the reforging process. The upload. Yeah. We yeah. most definitely have not gotten this viewpoint before. Yeah, exactly. And it, especially from somebody who kind of knows what's, who knows more of what's going on than maybe the person who's getting reforged. So that's a new perspective that I think we've been waiting to see. Yep. Um, a lot of people have been wondering how, how this works. So he's standing outside uh, the, the room in which the chamber in which the anvil of apotheosis exists, someone's getting reforged and he's, he's, he's hearing every little bit of it. Um, there's a lot of ham- hammering as you might expect when we're dealing with our stormcast, um, and a lot of, a lot of cries of anguish. This is not an easy process. It's uh, probably pretty painful. It's the gist that we're getting. And alongside his perspective, we're also sort of getting a glimpse into the, the mind of the person who's, who's getting re- reforged. Um, and this individual at first is sort of going through the regular steps of, I, you know, I'm serving Sigmar. Um, where's our, our fun, fun quote? I fought, I was reforged. Um, oh, no, I fought, I died, I was reforged. But then uh, a little bit of doubt starts creeping into this individual's mind. You know, how, how did I die? How did I get here? And so he has some piecing together some memories of what happened to him. My, my skull was caved in. I was cleaved by an axe and so on and so forth. Uh, not pleasurable memories by any stretch of the animation. Um, any stretch of the imagination. Nobody wants to remember that. Um, but it's because of those um, hints or tidbits, you start to realize that there's some some cracks in this process. Um, time goes on. Again, this is not a quick process either. And as our main character sort of listens in, this this person who's being reforged starts picking up bits and pieces and, and more and more of what happened when he when he died. Um, he was in Shyish. Uh, he was he was facing the horde of the undead, and it's not just the nameless, faceless undead that you know. I think a lot of us end up seeing not just generic skeleton one, generic skeleton two, but he actually starts to recognize um, you know in the past. He starts to recognize these people that he's finding. Turns out, uh oh, I know these folks, and they aren't too happy. Um, to be clear, I, I wouldn't be too happy either um, if I were dead. But um, so pop quiz, hot shot, which is worse. Getting in a for- in, being in a forest where all of your uh, 
decorative corpses come back to life or uh, being uh, in a room where you realize you know everybody because you lived here once and they're all coming back to life at, coming at you. I Can I say neither? I don't want to do either of those. <laughs> so I'm going to throw... What is a park quiz? What do we do now? I'm going to throw a question in here, right? Hit me. Don't literally hit me. Park quiz. Say pop quiz hot shot first. So, pop quiz hot shot first. So... I am flattered. I do. I like being called hot shot. Fair enough. Uh, so there's an interesting little twist here to me mm-hmm. when you're talking about this, right? He's like, these are people I know. And he ta- starts to talk about how they are angry with him for not being with them, sure. right? For not saving them. That's one of the main parts of the story, right? But from what we know of Undeath, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to go back from the old world just for clarification, right? Mm-hmm. Nagash does not raise a soul. He raises the body, right? Now, Tomb Kings raise the soul and the body. Yeah, okay. So, I don't think we have any of those answers from this. Well, I agree. But what I'm saying is that from everything that we know, Nagash just raises the body. And so and he steals the soul. Like so, he, he steals the soul he, he and raises on. the body, yeah. right? So, my question is, is this reforged Stormcast literally going crazy? Because he sees these bodies and then assumes he knows the spirits and that the spirits are angry with him. That's a completely different perspective than we've had in Age of Sigmar because that, as far as we know, doesn't exist. Now, we did get a bite of that in Nagash, the Undying Lord, where we hear about Tamara Von Drac and her brother, who is a white that she raised, who still has his soul. But this is a completely different situation. Sure. And so the question is, is the Stormcast who's being reforged insane? Mm. I personally don't think so. I think he can. you can raise the body, he can mm. recognize the body, and they mm. can just be generally angry. Mm. Um, and maybe he's reading too much into why they're angry at mm-hmm. him. So I think that maybe it's just as likely. Um, but, I mean, you're not – nothing you say I mean, is impossible. I, th- I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of I – mean, crazy's crazy's not a, a term that's useful mm-hmm. in terms of like diagnosing somebody like sure. he, what from what we read, he's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a, and he's in a situation where he's seeing if he's, if he's recognizing uh, people, but I also, I th- you also, these memories, the way memory works mm-hmm. jostled up with, you know, re- different realities. And if, if you've got these things mashed together, it could be mistaken. Sure. So, <laughs> This is all a this is all a a, a perception mm-hmm. or an interpretation of reality, and uh, I'll add a layer. This is the mortal realms, uh, so that TMT that reality. <laughs> who knows? Like it could be somebody playing a trick on him. It could have been like they don't go they don't go into that. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, it could have been the bodies of people he knew, but a different spirit inside of it. I don't know. That, I think the the focus on this is that this is not he's being reforged Mm -hmm. and those memories are coming up and causing anguish and they're trying to describe what kind of situations would make this person be traumatized in this situation sure and if you're already traumatized by by the whole event of being reforged and like you have to vent your you know anger or frustration in a particular direction it may be a logical conclusion to be like, all right, well, I'm, I'm mad at Sigmar for putting me through this because, oh, he made me, he made me leave my, my people. 
Um, so it, you could, you know, start piecing together or he could, he could start making a lot of assumptions that aren't necessarily there too. We had some cases too, where in the process of getting taken up the first time, these heroes are in the midst of battle or they're seeing their loved ones die in front of their faces. Mm -hmm. And so there could be that memory Mm -hmm. and they could then be fighting. You know, I remember when, when uh, Vandis came uh, the first time in Gates of Azir and he saw um, the first human that they made contact with. He's like, she reminds me of somebody. Sure. Like, so I think he was overlaying some of his memories Mm -hmm. of people he loved onto this person in front of him. So I think, I think there's a, it's, could be could be a literal. Mm-hmm. It could be memory mashup, or it could be someone who's hitting him in the head with a hammer repeatedly, and like you're going to start remembering all sorts of crazy stuff. Though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, not crazy. That's it nice. could be REM sleep, where your brain is just throwing away uh, information and it comes back to his dreams. Uh, that's uh, a new take on reforging that I have not heard before. <laughs> REM sleep, All right? Add that to the list of how reforging works. So um, we sort of alluded to the rest of how this story goes, but uh, I was trying to think of a REM, REM song. Oh sure. That's winning. It's not the one I said. Um, so <laughs> just said I'll run song. I so, sang it. So he he starts to devolve quite a bit as as the time goes on. He he starts whether or not he's projecting or this is actually the case. He he, he remembers that when he he most recently died, he saw this undead horde. He recognized the undead. Apparently, he'd been snatched from their from their mists, presumably if he's to be believed. Um, and because of that, particularly like powerful emotional anguish um the reforging ends and going even as you know well as it could you know regularly go for something that oftentimes is pretty traumatic to begin with um because it ends up escalating such that uh, eventually and this is my favorite part uh the doors of the, the the chamber burst open and his very i don't know if it's his soul or what is it or what have you but the, the electric power essence. of him yeah electric essence rockets out and uh, takes the form of a lightning geist what coolest combination of two words ever right absolutely um what where's the model g-dub where's the model um do you think anybody uh is an anaheim Azerheim going hey what's the light geist around here <laughs> i should hope so um the cultural light geist yeah is that what you're getting at mm-hmm. okay perfect well, sorry I'll, cultural helped sure i'll play i'll play ball yeah um so yeah it bursts out into the chamber and it just shows what uh my dude's name Kavastus. Um, it, it, him, this, this energy bursting out sort of goes to show or proves why we have somebody watching this process outside because uh, he plants his staff very Gandalf-esque. Mm-hmm. He might as well have said, "You shall not pass," um, and and tries to use an. <laughs> you a, shall go back. Go become a stormcast. Um, so he he uses his magic to try and uh, match wills with this sort of wild, uh, carnage. Uh, in, induced um, lightning geist uh, and sort of drive him back into the anvil of apotheosis, which uh, he does um, after sort of a, a battle of uh, electricity. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. Um, well, actually basically is. Um, so he is able to, uh, you know, do what he's set, set off to do and, and, and uh, force it back into the chamber where the doors slam shut and the, Smiths are able to rein it in and actually reforge it back into your your telltale um, drone of a stormcast. Um, and so he pops out the final product, uh, pretty devoid. I mean, as far as we can tell, in one sentence, devoid of any emotion. Um, I fought. I died. I was reforged. Um, yeah. So mission mission accomplished. Uh, the reason I like this is because it sheds some more light on the reforging process. I'm not necessarily yep. a stormcast player 
Are like you, generally you player? Uh, well, I'm not so much. I don't know. That I'm don't anything. hate the player. Hit the game. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Don't hate the OS. Yeah, That's not hate, good. No, come on. You're supposed to love it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's even so. I think it's a, a, a mystery um, or a puzzle to be you know solved or cracked. That I think a lot of people are interested in whether or not you play Stormcast. I think it's an, it's one of the main um, inherent mysteries uh, in in the setting. Um, I think what we learned. Um, gives a good jumping off point or, or sort of contributes to the mythology behind how this, how this process would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved seeing, I, th- I, I think it's probably the first uh, visual of a sacrosanct chamber uh, stormcast. So mm-hmm. it, it gave us some insight. First of two. Well, technically we had the Lord Ruinator who's a sacrosanct. Oh, okay. Two but the yeah. first actual sacrosanct yeah. magician. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good deviation. Um, yeah. But it, it gives us a sense of how, how Lord these folks yeah are being used when not on the battlefield, which, I mean, I always like to see because um, not everybody's fighting all the time. Uh, and lightning guys are sweet. And that's why, that's why I was into it. Um, what'd you get? Did you guys like it? Were you guys fans? Yeah. I, uh, I, I got a very strong vibe of Ghostbusters. Sure. And like, don't cross the Because he was talking about how the lightning was like locking it together and forming it back into the form of a man and throwing him in, right? Form of an ice bucket. Yeah. Yeah. And then spoiling it. Like, he throws him into the anvil of Apotheosis and the doors close. He said that part. I know. (laughs) But it reminded me of as we get farther into the Soul Wars of the spirit, the Night Haunt, who has the soul trap that can trap the Stormcast, because that's another story we go on to later, Mm -hmm. right? So we have this idea of. Um, the lightning guys being something you can catch mm. and it's introduced here in the anvil of apotheosis but then it's expanded upon in a later story <clears throat> with the night haunt having this ability as well <clears throat> excuse me um and so i really enjoyed that aspect of it mm. um i was really fascinated by the idea and he specifically says that that part of the lightning guys the I can't go on was removed, Hmm. right? Specifically states that that part of him was removed. Sure. So the reforging is not a remaking, right? It's an edit. It's an edit. Yeah. They are removing parts of the soul. Impurities, some might say, if we're sticking to the uh, forging. But the person who they are is being removed. Hmm. And there we get an explanation for why they are becoming automatons. Or some, it's some not of the, because the nurture and the experience, right? The, yeah. It's not because they're forgetting. It's not because something is wrong with the process necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's because they are intentionally removing things that do not make them useful. It's not a well, I think it's feature. it's it's one begets the other. I think there uh, there is something wrong with the reforging process. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that in in the other Sacrosanct story mm-hmm. called Sacrosanct. Sure. Uh, Sigmar says, go find the cure that there's something wrong. Phil Kelly in a, in a interview on Stormcast specifically said they went to, to, they shipped too soon Yeah, that chaos was about to kill. Like specifically, I think, you know, was about to, to win that kind of tipping point and just be, it be lost. And he had to go, he had to ship the Stormcast into the realms before the process had been perfected of reforging um and so on one hand there is a flaw in the reforging which i think begets that that um trauma sure that probably you know 
uh, is painful and in and of itself causes like this, the soul to reject the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore those, the sacrosanct chamber has to edit, yeah. has to enact kind of that, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's both. And there's a incomplete process and there's a QA <laughs> uh, decision on, on Sigmar's end uh, that is also doesn't feel totally right sure. as a result yeah. of that. It's an imperfect solution to a process that is imperfect. Well, with, yeah. And this is, I mean, to that point, uh, the more important story gives us the sense. I mean, in, in when Age of Sigmar first released, we have these gleaming nights. And, and if you, and you said they are the, they are the, they are the central center of the story. Mm. Uh, whether you are a storm class player, whether you are a free people looking at these giants of made of lightning and gold, sure. whether you are chaos thinking of these as, you know, Oh no, there's this wall that we can't get past of Sigma of yeah, Sigma, right. Uh, if you're orcs being like, that's where the best fight is, yeah. you know, like they're, they're the, um, the template, which everything else is compared now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that element, uh, and and they're this gleaming hope. Sure. That's and people have talked about Age of Sigmar being this hopeful um, thing, but we also see through these stories that, um, that there's a dark side. That there's a uh, there's something um, not perfect about mm-hmm. the Stormcast. Mm-hmm. So and I think these these stories talk about that imperfection. True and. Another reason why I like this story is this is a hint or a very obvious hint that there is going to be a reckoning. There's going to be more to come. This is going to come to a head in some capacity. Otherwise, I don't know that yeah. it's particularly like compelling, knowing that it's, it's got to lead somewhere. Like, yeah. it, 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 Either a cure or a lightning geist gets out and just – or a bunch of them get out and screw with his ear. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's telegraphing something important and it, – Gets me, gets me on the edge of my seat. I'm excited to see where it goes. So there's another really cool small little detail that I really appreciated. That was a really well written. Um, they mentioned that there are six smiths that are hammering this soul sure. back into place, right? And they have a sound effect for the swinging of the hammer, which is cring, right? Yeah. Um, and after the lightning geist is thrown back into the anvil apotheosis and they start hammering him back again, they, they write cring six times. Mm-hmm. But each time it is spelled differently and it refers back to a previous statement in the story about how Cavastus can recognize the swing of each of the seven, the six Smiths and he can recognize which one is swinging. Nice. So, Oh man, that is a hot take. Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah, no. I was just, I was just like, Oh, that's awesome. I, I looked didn't. at it. and was like, wait, that who has two R's. This one has two eyes. This is two, yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that. That's, that's good. Yeah. There are a number of other stories that highlight um, kind of this darker side yeah. uh, of the Stormcast from early on. Sure. I think another one that kind of hit the community hard when it came out uh, was uh, the story about um, a, a man and his son was sick with the plague and there'd been oh, a number of things out and he, and he could, like that, yeah. he heard the, um, this uh, kind of heard, we could hear this, this, stuff coming or these monsters coming or this noise coming from somewhere and it was coming upon them. And the final piece of it is he's backed into a corner and uh, a white armored storm cast comes in. To save him, right? Yeah. To to end him. 
no. Um, there's another story where uh, the Stormcast are fighting for the. Um, man, I'm trying to pull this up. Are are kind of fighting to help save a city. Mm-hmm. Like they're clearing out the the chaos, the Nurgle, all this kind of stuff. Um, they finally get like the last remnants, and they fight them into the city, and then uh, they lock the city from the you know, just to save again, them, right? To save them to burn it to the ground with well, everybody inside. I'm, I'm sensing a trend here. Man. So there, I mean, when you're dealing with Nurgle, so there's this again, this space where like if this contagion, like we're not dealing with just like the plague. No, we're dealing with Nurgle, the father of all plagues. Yep, yeah. and so letting any of that um, poisoned human or any other kind of being survive means that you're giving Nurgle a foothold. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that echoes through a number of these stories about how, what Sigmar's take is. And we did it. We talked about this. Uh, um, I don't know when we did that last, that last episode, episode before about is Sigmar a tyrant? Oh, sure. That was a couple episodes ago. Uh, and, and it was just kind of like, you know, like when you're a God and you're dealing with, what's best for all of the realms bigger picture big big ticket items does does the survival of a single city matter that much right but when you tell these stories and does it matter to that that one person we read and we read path to glory that's the one i think we talked you know uh yes yeah path to glory when you have people on the ground who are like why did sigmar choose them and not us or or whatever then it's easy to see how though that creates its own foothold too. True, true, and and it leads to you know bolstering the enemy's forces in a different way that maybe you don't necessarily intend. Um, Death at the door was the the one where uh, the Excelsior Knight um, kicks it in and saves, in saves and... that guy and his, no, his family. Yeah. No, kills him. See, I just oof, I just never finish them. They're so long; I never get to the end. So, like, I just assumed. <laughs> um, so, I have one last thought on the, the story oh, that we covered. I have a last thought too. It was, it was elucidated by my recent trip uh so if cavastus knows the sound of all six hanger mm-hmm. hammers right he knew the sound of the hammer that let the lightning geist escape right or that, the last strike before it was freed that bastard well what it means is that is one of the six smiths the imperfection are they literally leaving to go find the cure and the disease is one of the six. Are you saying it's Gautric? You... I don't know. Is it Gurner? Is it Tamra Von Dreck? Or... <laughs> well, it, one of the six Smiths. I know. It's not a hard true. Vanus was that. a Smith. Yeah. Sure. That's true. All right. I so mean, uh, like, it's a very common we name. We have it documented that that is your theory. That's my theory. Let's, let's see how I have to have out. a conspiracy theory Wait, somewhere, right? Hashtag like, Paul. Yeah. A really, a really fun aspect of mortal of the malign portents. This is another kind of pinpoint in our community history. Was that same story, or uh, I think it was the the at the door, mm. um, death at the door, where uh, we get farming introduced to Age of Sigmar oh, for the God, first time. Finally, what? yeah. What? I've been so hungry, so hungry for that farming. How do, so <laughs> hungry for those ears? How do people even eat? Filled with yeah. teeth. Uh, but it also, I think, rang true for the Sacred Chamber in like. That's like a non-war job. Sure, yeah. That the Stormcasts were were created for, um, you know, this, these priests, these or or wizards guarding the anvil and building weird towers out of magic, and yep. the only like non-combat things. Yep, yep. 
Or yeah, the ordinators. Tower is built out of also true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So it's, I mean, in these stories, we do get a lot of, uh, you know, um, ground level, uh, everyday. We get these peeks into what people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they're when they're not waging war. Sure. Or well, raging war. Yeah. And another Can't interesting aspect is that we have released into the the mortal realms at this point the people who know the truth about the Stormcast mm. and know that this is the cost. That's not what I was talking about. Well, but I think this is, <laughs> this is what the Sacrosanct Chamber is about, right? They've been there. They've been in Azir. They know that there's a problem. They know that this is how it works. And they're being released yeah. into the mortal realm. So now we have a question of, if somebody goes into the mortal realms and sees a problem and knows how it's going to be resolved and is like, wait a minute, this is wrong. How do we deal with that? Sure. I think the answer is going to be farming. Yeah. I mean, ears of corn. It's the great equalizer. Teeth, right? it, yeah. The great equalizer. Just, is were there, were there any other stories that, that had like, you know, common jobs or like everyday stuff? Yeah, clockmaker. There was one about a clockmaker. That one. Clockmaker showed up twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was, yeah. there was a story about a, a boy who. Um, well, I would say the. Cog. Well, no, I'll get to maker. that. No, the cog maker. No, that so there's ties two into the mortal uh, to the spell with the wheels of time, the chromatic cogs. I see what you're saying. Right. What you're saying. Um, but there's two clockwork stories, and then there's also two cog stories, uh, or mentions of cog forts. So let's get to my favorite story. Sure. What? You have a favorite story? I had a favorite story. I don't believe you. Plain uh, favorites. And this one was called The Offer. And what was cool about this story? Oh man! Somebody bought a house, right? You put in an offer. Was it accepted? I don't know. Uh, yes, it was. I like uh, the, I like the low ball. Yeah. That's what I do. Uh. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. It left it. Crap. Uh, so the the offer uh, sets us was a twist in kind of how the story was told. Sure. So there's a lot of different ways to tell stories. Obviously, we're not going to go into all of those. Uh, but the author did something really <laughs> different, and it they posed it in terms of like a letter, a correspondence back from kind of the front line of, of somewhere. And, and while, while you're reading, actually, that's a good point. We didn't really talk about that. Uh, another unique part of the way that they're telling all these stories is that they're, they're experimenting with different storytelling mechanisms. And even in these short stories, um, it, it's, it's, you're not getting sort of exclusively a first or a third uh, person perspective. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting a sort of across the board. And this is one example of a sort of unique or, um, you know, di- different style of, telling a story through through yeah. letters well they kind of have touched on it a little bit in battle tomes where they have those little box outs sure, yeah. and the little box out might be a letter or might be a story or might be a character but like those are like three paragraphs long and yeah. these are like two three pages long yeah. Like, true. yeah so I this was talking. written for the lord general estimion oh yeah oh yeah everybody knows him right Estimion, roll, roll the tongue. and uh let's see if it was do we get who it was written from yes we do do you know it off the top of your head uh it's no i don't it's at the very end it says it's labeled from your dear whatever i thought keep on going i'll find it for you um and uh no i don't see it um and the the person who's writing this is in charge of a cog fort yeah which first of all wait 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 what a cog fort yep so in recently in uh in path of glory we found a cog city um, which yep. which was a city that was had a lot of moving parts, a lot of gears. It could change <laughs> its, parts. it could it could change its as opposed to 
Yeah. Um, its walls <laughs> could move and swing and rearrange. Its streets could rearrange. Yep. And and it was a big part. And we saw some of that in the in the Rome Gate Wars uh, around the All Points. There's some different cities that were built so that the walls could change and rearrange to 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 frustrate siege. Um, you know, they break into one wall, it all changes, so they're kind of recontained, kind of thing. Um, and now this is a cog. This is yeah. a cog fort. And now a fort is something that's far away from a city, often kind of an outpost. But in this case, it moves. It walks around. Um, <clears throat> and and I'm sure there's many different ways. And this got my brain stirring of, of you know, it could be it have legs. It could be, you know, really tall. It could be really short. It could have uh, wheels. It could, you know, just do a bunch of different things. Um, and they have a visual in there. Uh, so they had to push this fort further and further and they were heading towards a specific realm gate mm-hmm. uh into shyish and had to to study it and there'd been some things going on and uh they talk about having pushed the the um the cog fort kind of pretty hard made mm-hmm. it and so the engineers were happy to have the rest um etc um so you get this idea of um you know you think of like the t- movie titanic sure. you get down into the do. bowels of the yeah. ship you know where they're loading it full of coal and all that kind of stuff um and then uh but they had lowered a jaw draw bridge and they put sent out their scouts and that sort of stuff and i mean in my head i was thinking you know you know it could be like this lowering of a platform you know you know <laughs> yep on chains and coming down and so just some really cool visuals and when they got there um you know they noticed some things they uh and and then were visited so this letter back to General Estimion, Lord General Estimion. Um, Give him his due diligence. Good job. Right. I mean, and we only know of, of generals in the Free People's Armies. So maybe someday we're going to get a Lord General. Lord General. Um, and uh, so and he, what he writes back is about this correspondence with this um, with this being that comes out of uh, the gates. And at this point, it's only a few in and we had just learned about the harbingers and so this is a uh, what we presume to be a knight of shrouds Mm -hmm. um and we know that the knight of shrouds offers this gives this offer which Mm -hmm. is you know turn your back on your people and come fight for for nagash uh and you'll be victorious so yeah uh, what we learn is is in other things is that nagash is been robbed of the prime meat of human souls or or more realm souls and like he wants because to his hands storm, on the, the storm yeah. cast yeah i mean uh, he's coming for us sure i mean i took the offer yeah wait obviously yeah uh that's why he's over there you're over there you um, were looking a little gaunt so summoners so different, different things. oh sorry 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 so nagash is using the uh night of Sh- the night of shrouds the many shrouded knights to go out <laughs> <Literally> and <laughs> try and find <laughs> these souls mm. these heroic souls that are still alive and and take them before sigmar can get them. sure um so he's not just trying to go out and kill indiscriminately he's trying to find specific key souls yeah prime soul meat mm. um, chef's kiss yep and uh so <laughs> so we get this offer and and he says we we said no right away uh very offensively i might have <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we we thumbed thumbed our nose yeah thumbed our bitter whatever uh, yeah <laughs> and so um and then and then we noticed some things like they started seeing you know like things would rust and age too quickly um and then their their uh, 
uh, fires went out True. and they found, they'd open up the fires and they found it. It looked like ash sure. that had been cold, cold for cold, days. Cold ash. Yeah. Yep. The worst kind of ash. Um, and here's something interesting because we get a similar story in um, uh, Fire Slayer's tale mm-hmm. where they talk about their inner forges uh, kind of going out. Yeah, um, kind of and so an, an interesting kind of kill them from within. Mm-hmm. Um, and the end of the, so it's seems to have been writing and collecting these. So you think if you're out on the front lines, you write, you write a bunch and then you send them once mm-hmm. you've got a number of them together, you know, a journal of sorts. But you kind of see him devolving a little bit as he's writing, mm-hmm. um, kind of giving in, uh, weakening uh, s- some things he's written and scratched off. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, he kind of says, "We, I relinquished because everybody was dead. True. And, you know, so I, I gave in. I, I gave myself over. Um, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. You know. Or is it? Is, is it? it? I don't remember now. Okay. Oh, you're making me doubt. What is the end of the story? <laughs> well, he, 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 he acquiesces. He says, yeah, he I mean, I'm, I'm going to join. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dude says, uh-uh, don't no. think so, friend. Uh, yeah, you had your chance. I gave you a shot, and uh, I don't I don't offer twice. I mean, it doesn't say that literally, but. Um, <clears throat> nice. Sorry I, to steal your, I didn't no, no, that was, that was just fine, because I was like, when I was rereading it, that's and then every, I was like, and then everything tied it to the bird, and the bird flew away, but it was like, oh my goodness, you're like t- a dead bird. Why the, are you even flying? So here's the offer. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to you guys. Please. I'm gonna say no. Uh, wait, 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 wait. wait. You don't gonna, even... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say no. I'm just gonna say yes, actually. Mm. Woohoo! Um sorry. Here we go. You ready? Hit me. Don't literally hit me. No. Nagash claims these lands. <laughs> he has claimed all lands. As death shall always have its due. The dark gale rises. <laughs> I offer you one chance, not two, but one. Give yourself over willingly. Serve and endure. Or refuse and die. Oh, goodness. I didn't okay. realize that Pee Wee Herman was a night of shout. No, no, but no. That no, was that, great. That was great. Ha ha! <laughs> Sorry. That took a turn. Um, I mean, I don't think. Why do we. Why do we assume the Night of Shroud's like coming with like throwing shade? I am well shades though. <laughs> I, mean, kind of, I, I, I will admit I'm coming at it with some preconceived notions yeah, so, about it. Uh, Nagash claims these lands. I mean, what if it? I mean, he doesn't have to be mean about it. No, I mean, in fact, uh, you catch more flies with uh, honey than you do vinegar, and I think Nagash probably knows that. That sounds um, more like Nurgle to me. I mean, I don't know, he has zombies like flies. That makes sense. So. Uh, Aaron, I'm I'm on I'm all in. Yeah, take me on this this clown Sweet. ride that you've got going on. Cool. No, no. That sounds a little preconceived. You're right. Sounds like you didn't even actually listen to the offer. No. What I did listen to he's is let, he's letting the messenger confuse the description the... of the Knight of Shrouds that is in the new starter set for Soul Wars. Because he's a Knight of Shrouds and he's on horseback. He's on a horse. Boom! This is our description. He's, of a, it. he's a pale rider. Yeah. He is a pale rider. <laughs> I'm a pale rider. Okay, don't stop. Do the whole thing. That's all I got. <laughs> that was the whole thing right there. You didn't right. stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Pale rider is not <laughs> not an uncommon trope, right? Um. So what I so a couple of things. Uh, one, there, like I said, there's multiple cog fort cog related <coughs> uh, visualizations of free peoples. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the clock work is I, to me, clockwork and cogs go hand in hand. Um, so I think we're going to get a free people, a cog themed, a mechanical themed free people 
release someday. Sure. Because there, there's been other themes, mm-hmm. but nothing as strong as that that's been come throughout. And I have a very specific reason as to why I think that's true. Because I said it? You know, it goes back to the Marsh Strider <laughs> point that I made before. Because mm. the Marsh Striders are mentioned in the short story about the Witch Hunter. Sure. But they're also in one of these Malign Portent stories. And in the Witch Hunter short story, which was released first, they're actual animals. They're like, or insects. Yeah, they're okay. like, yeah. In the Malign Portent story, they're clockwork. So it's a change from what it was. So like, obviously maybe they died and they made their own version of it, but that's a significant change from what was already published Mm. to what was published there. Yeah. And that sounds like an awesome model to have released. Some marsh striders, a cog fort, you've got engineers, you've got these outriders on mechanical horses like we've already had. And yeah. Anyway, there you go. Uh, The problem with that is that you already had a Paul theory on this episode. So you can't, you have to pick one, uh, but I can't be predictable. So Fair. my conundrum is I've already started thinking about how I would kit bash. What? No. A you? mechanical cog army. And I'm feeling a little worried that I should just do no such thing. Because <laughs> it's never stopped you before. No, it hasn't stopped you before. No, that's true. Um, but I think this was also kind of this is Nagash's offer. I mean, this as I mean, we talked about how us death players really, you know, shining and and soaking it up in this uh, in this waxing of of Nagash, mm. um, so that was the other part of this is just that that choice. Nagash is saying, "Join me or die." Sure. Um, you know, if I mean, if you ask me, he's just trying to put together the pantheon with him in charge. Uh, can you blame him? Like- Join me. Yes. Join me or die. Yeah. Come on over, or I'm going to kill you. If you want a job done right, you got to do it yourself. Um, Also, if we're talking about themes, this isn't the only story where, like, the the offer is made. There's the one where uh, there's that guy who feels unappreciated. And, like, he's, I don't know. What, what, the hero of Glimsforge? Something like like that, yeah. Glimsforge. Which is also in the new campaign in the new story. true, but just to talk about the offer. Talk about the offer. He feels unappreciated, especially when he's he's a a, a free people soldier in some capacity. Uh, Especially when compared to the Stormcast there. Feels unappreciated. Wants a little bit of that glory. His life, his life is is no better off. Probably a little worse off because of this, you know, situation that he finds him in. Uh, again, the offer is extended, uh, and he, he he takes him up on the offer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's kind of like, wow, oh, this guy really really appreciates me. Some sure. sense. Yeah, flatterer. Is he is he following me on Twitter? <laughs> Here, let me check. <laughs> he knows his stuff. But yeah. So there's and and there's another one with a gladiator. Um, where um, this being kind of tells him, "Hey, one last fight," and and he thinks it is, and you'll have your freedom. Mm. And he thinks that, "Oh yeah, I'm a prize fight. You know, I'll I'll fight this guy. I'll, I'll beat him up." But he's like twice his size. Uh, he gets pummeled, choked out. He dies. His spirit rises up, and everyone's like, "Oh no, a geist!" And he's like, "That's what I'd say. One last fight." Yeah. And he goes in, and so like, yeah, he becomes a. Uh, night haunt for for Nagash. Spooky, scary. Yeah. So, um, any other? I mean, were there any other themes in any of these uh, kind of just things to pick out, pipe up about uh, you know things that are interesting things you found throughout this? Well, uh, what we're what we have a continuing of theme of that we've had in all all of our stories pre AOS, post AOS uh, is that we have a a whipping boy, right? And the whipping boy has always been and apparently will continue to be free peoples, mm. right? It used to be the empire. 
used to be Bretonians or whatever, but now it's the free peoples. They just keep getting destroyed. True. And be like, even when they're changing sides, right? Like Nurgle still destroyed Gakoria, but then Nurgle got destroyed by the death. So you True. could say there was some revenge there because some of the undead were wearing the clothes of the Gakorian. Sure. Right? But like I mean, if you, it's the free people that get it bad at the end, right? I mean, if you think about it, Nagash has the best retirement plan. Just don't retire. Well, you, I meant not the retirement. Lay down. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> get it? Uh, and if, guys, if we're talking if you, about if you guys almost... could leave, that'd be uh, great now. <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree? Get out of here. Oh, yep. Uh, but every one of these stories talks about how like a free person doesn't get it well, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. With the the offer, it talks about a free person not getting it well. With um, the um, your story, sure. it's a free person who's being reforged into a stormcast, and the part of him that is a free person is removed. Yeah, right. Like they are our avatar into this world. Sure, they are standing for what's going on. I would agree, but I would say the more important stories as a whole gave us other matchups mm-hmm. that didn't include free people, so we did get. You know, like you said, Nurgle versus Death, which there's certainly mortals in there, but mm-hmm. not free people. There was a story of, of Death Mages versus um, Marathi and yeah, Daughters. Daughters of Cain. Uh, um, there's some cool, there's there. a lot of cool Daughters of Cain. Like, <laughs> there was a really cool story of like, how do we let them, this this cult of, of Cain in our society when they just murdered a whole bunch of people? How do we, why are we sitting here negotiating with them? Right. And they're like, Mm, we all hate chaos. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. Um, you hate like chaos. murder ladies. Yeah, but enemies like, closer. They're order, sure. Right. They're order. They want to build city. Yeah, they're in the book. So they they're can, in the battle. So keep people pendant so they can kill them. Um, That's good. There was some uh, uh, soul blight and storm cast. But those are armies. Some there was some inner chaos stuff. Slanesh versus dark oath. Sure, true. That was pretty cool. A few dark oath stories. And again, the harbinger of of chaos is the the dark oath war queen queen war queen war queen war queen merworm 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 war queen merworm y'all nailed it mjolnir mjolnir what yeah man we have eight legs I'm liking this iron jaws versus Ideneth Deepkin sure some cool mass matchup. Uh, Ironwood Wood Arsenal uh, versus Beast Call Raiders and then versus Death because, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, Zinch yes, versus Skaven. Uh, that one was kind of mostly a Zinch monologue type of thing and then all of a sudden a Skaven thing. Monologue. Um, Skaven versus Skaven. Sure. That never happens, ever. I turn around. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> I don't want to. So, I mean, yeah, I, one of the themes, if you want to call it a theme, is a lot of uh, it, it highlights a lot of the inter nice uh, com- yeah, warfare. Yeah, exactly. Well, the co- the combats between um, a lot of these uh, armies that don't necessarily take center stage, oftentimes outside yeah. of like their own battle tome. So it's it's a good glimpse to see uh, the, the interplay between a lot of those yeah. areas. Um, and this is the perfect format for that. Like, sure, you don't yeah. need a big a big novel. It highlights just one, like having a bunch of like quick hits that gives us a flavor like a, of what like those a lightning strike. Of... Oh, exactly. Man, I wonder if that's an interesting <laughs> way to say that. It should be done. I should um, do a video series well, called well, Lightning Strikes. Well, especially considering how many like factions we're dealing with now. Like, I yep. mean, the, the AOS has expanded the the 
the breadth of the types of factions mm-hmm. they're dealing with. And so like we can't necessarily hit on all of them in a traditional format or a traditional sense. So this is an opportunity to do so yeah. uh, in a very digestible way. Um, if we're talking about other themes, I, another thing I like about it is um, given that we're talking about this stretches over a very set timeline in the in the lore or in the world that we're dealing with. Um, so too does the recent Battle Tome releases that have come out. So when we're talking about the normal one, we're talking about the Daughters and the Deepkin and then obviously the Legions and the Gash. And around those releases, we got a set of stories that really highlighted those armies as well to really show that this malign portents is over a course of a, a very set timeline. But then so Again, I said so too. Uh, those battle tomes are, are pinpoints in those timelines as well, and they sort of match up. And yeah. so we got a lot of, if it's a theme, I don't know if you want to call it that, we got a lot of Deepkin stories around when the Deepkin got released. And yeah. so it it really shines a spotlight on how they deal with this situation, also with the daughters, as we were just sort of talking about. Um, so I love how they how they run in tandem. Yep. Um, it really shows a unified uh, storytelling mechanism. Oh, yeah, vision, um, which yeah. we don't always, we don't always get from GW. So I'll, I'll applaud it when we see it. Um, any other themes? You got themes? You got any more in that handy dandy? A lot of it just a lot of it is about the ine- inevitability of death. Oh, bummer again, man. Right? <laughs> but it's just how I'm gonna live forever. Well, but that's the point. You're not gonna. You did. Oh, he, he accepted from Nagash's offer. Sure. Plus, I'm well, doing. But you're gonna be dead. I'm doing, you're not gonna live forever. You're I'm gonna doing be dead forever. Pretty well so far. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know. If point, you look back on my history, yeah. I'm going great guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are most of the themes. Um, you know, you can pick out those. Uh, there's, there's almost a story for everyone. Uh, Swift Talker in there a little bit. Fire Slayers are in there a little bit. Ogres are in there a little bit. Uh, they mentioned Iron Guardians, Grots, <laughs> Guardians, did. Spider Fang. Yeah. Um, the- I'm surprised that wasn't your favorite uh, story. It's a really good story, and I really liked it. But it didn't, it's it pretty, didn't propel the storyline forward. It was yeah. a very like slice of time, sure snapshot, right? In it, life. it didn't have as many of the themes as much. It was, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a snapshot of that army and mm-hmm. yeah, that faction, what they're dealing with in the times. What it's, are it's the most fiction lore, I should say, that we have for the Spider Fang. That's like, probably true. Out. Yeah. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. It's from them to you, tied up in a bow. Yep. Um, do we think that they're going to continue? I mean, I know that Fakali said this is a finite. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think we're going to get s- some Soul Wars uh, a series of stories on the new Age of Sigmar website? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope so. And if not, which I, I can understand why they wouldn't. I hope the next time or the, whatever the next storyline is that, that comes out, I hope they revisit it. And like, I don't know how to ensure that like there's not something i can go buying a boat with my wallet yeah. but like if anybody's listening like at least from i think from this room's perspective like i hope they continue to do so yeah. um i think it's really effective um mm-hmm. and it, it scratched that itch scratches that itch that you know maybe a novel doesn't yeah. or a battle term doesn't or a campaign campaign book doesn't uh, mm-hmm. as well no, I I thought it was great. I would like it to continue. I don't know if it's possible for it to continue, but yeah, it'd be a tall order to keep this running, like with mm-hmm. the same quality that we've seen thus far. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it it provides a great narrative from this to that, right? And I think we're getting a lot of narrative from here forward, mm-hmm. set up and played out in the books. Like, I I think that that's probably how it is going to be going forward. 
because we're going to have the battle tomes. We're going to have the started, like what we really had to have. And I think why this was a thing is we had to have a bridge from the story that was into the new AOS 2.0 book, right? Mm -hmm. We have a core book coming in a week. We don't have rules. We don't have 16 pages. We don't have a general's handbook alone. We have an exploration and a like definition Mm -hmm. of the mortal realms. And I think we had to get more of an exploration of that done. And these stories allowed that to happen without releasing a book that would be immediately invalidated or immediately replaced or right. Like it provided something that could not be feasibly done with a product. Mm -hmm. It was, it was certainly the right format. It was absolutely the... the right format for what they did. Yeah. Um, and so that was awesome. But I can see how they would look at it and go, yeah, but we're not going to do that going forward because this was here because this did this. Gotcha. And now going forward, we don't need this. Or mm-hmm. maybe we'll at some other point in the past, in the future, but right. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I certainly didn't. <clears throat> I don't think that they'll keep it going indefinitely or like cons- like constantly because I think that's a lot of effort and I think they probably like put this together. Like, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if how they timelined this sure, or, I mean, or it, project it's, managed it's, it. It's a marketing tool. Like, but, sure. and, and part of me said, was thinking, yes, as soon as soul wars launch, we've got the new website, they should, they'll, hopefully they'll do it again because this was, hopefully this was successful. And the way it's successful is people go and read them. If they digest them, maybe if they, if they're clicking around, right. It's the, yeah. it's the, you know, are they engaging people? Um, but there's two things. I think you're right. This was a we didn't know that this was going to be a big transition into AOS two, right? And setting up Nagash as the big bad for this next arc, which could be the next three years. Sure, yeah. Um also Games Workshop never does the same thing twice. Uh, which, which is okay. Because, I, I mean, I, I think, one, they're, they're always experimenting. They're always trying new things and like, hey, let's do this. They may bring some of the things that worked. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, like they're doing the Hammer Hall Herald, mm-hmm. which is kind of like these short little snippet things, but even a shorter form, mm-hmm. uh, which are interesting. And uh, maybe they'll splatter in, you know, every couple of weeks, maybe we'll get a story like mm-hmm. that. Um, but they're experimenting with other formats and other mediums. And they've got... Um, the Stormcast podcast. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I don't, I guess I'm less, I am was in the party of, of course they'll lose it again because it's amazing. But now I, I, I do feel like maybe they'll, if they do it again, it'll be for another special occasion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I would think. I'm going to back a slightly. Um, so, but I based my whole argument on what you just said. I know, which is why I'm going to back. Uh, that's why I want to go last. Uh, I do know that they opened up for submissions for a Citadel journal, which mm-hmm. is something that they used to have, which is defined by short stories. True. Right. So this also could have been a setup to encourage you to subscribe to that mm-hmm. and get more of these stories. It would be before it wasn't moving the storyline forward because that's not what they did. Mm-hmm. But I could see that being the format for having this continue to go forward too true right which would be like even paying for it much better than what we have yeah right i agree i mean you're mentioning um how they experiment and they throw things against the wall to see what sticks so let's say this was an experiment um 
hesitant to dive into this, but what would what would make this a success? Do you think? Like, we don't know what their metrics were, but like, how how would someone even consider this? Whether or consider whether or not this was a success or not? Like, what were they trying to accomplish, and do you think they did accomplish it with these stories? Uh, I think it's an unmitigated success. Like, I'll just flat out say sure. that. Oh, sure. No. So the question well, is, what what, what is a success? I would say yeah. Is that what they have done, right? Take everything else out of it. Sure. Take the moments of the community being able to enjoy it at the same time. Take out the reveals. Take out the snippets, right? What they have done is they have made a lore introduction to Age of Sigmar available to everyone on a website. Hmm. So you want to get into Age of Sigmar? Here's a background for free. Just go ahead and read it, right? They have an existing library. Oh, you want to, like, we now have a resource a free resource where any one of us can say, oh, you want to talk about Cogports? Here, go read this story on the Malign Portance website. Gotcha. This is where it is. Right? I, what I think what, what you're answering is, does it is it successful in doing something mm-hmm. is a different answer than was it for the time and energy they put into it? Uh-huh. Did, they, did they monetarily... Well, they, not did, maybe, not, maybe not monetarily. Monetary well, is actually about it. Because well, if no, it was monetary, but, but it, it would be free. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. You, you can engaging with social media mm-hmm. has a reaction. Mm-hmm. The question is, was it successful in gaining the reaction that they wanted to do? And if and whether that, what was the reaction? That, in the first place, and, yeah. and so one, I mean, the metrics you talk about are: did people visit the website more? Did that increase over the period of time of those stories coming out, or did it peter off? Mm-hmm. Right, over fifty stories. When was the height of that? Like, sure. I know that I stopped reading consistently about probably about let's see there was six pages of stories i pr- probably page three true uh so probably halfway through i stopped reading reading them in the moment um, so we don't really know that two. your favorite one was your favorite yeah what's that you're living we don't even know that your favorite one was your favorite you're living yeah, a I've, lie i've read i've read the other one since. oh gotcha good job um I'm in bigger not. chunks true. so then that would be another thing did people come back did was there a lot of repeats uh did certain stories spike um was there any traffic so by creating a malign portance website they can see traffic from malign portance website to the to, the to the games workshop store and to see whether or not that drove people to go and peruse the store Did that move the needle at all yep. for a given so time? so those are the so you can certainly i mean see get rewarded for free stuff mm-hmm. like when you put out but it costs yeah. them mm-hmm. they paid for uh writer time and they paid for mm-hmm. server time well, for the, the loads i mean yeah. when yeah. when you're dealing with a website that has uh you know tens of thousands of of viewers um your your traffic load and uh is has to be dealt with sure we've we're intimately familiar oh. with that yeah now, traffic the, load spikes all on all the thousands the of mortal realms. Sure. com and i have to 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 ping aaron and say hey we need more servers. We, we, got got, we gotta get those did servers. We need more tubes. Did you put the servers in? Sure. I, you know, I installed all of them on top of each other. <laughs> so, so that's what I mean. So, I definitely agree with you. So, two versions of success. Does it provide what you were saying? Is it does provide, um, and it continues the AOS kind of theme of having enough free stuff that the barrier to get in is low and the the <coughs> chance of addicting somebody on the narrative which we know is the most important part of all of this yeah. uh and getting them into the game is 
is successfully delivered. There's a lot of great stuff, especially partway through that video on how the realms, you know, orbit each other. Like people have talked about this, but I mean, besides introducing farmers, they introduced orbits, right? That was the second most important thing. (laughs) It just brings it concrete. And, And you guys know that my theory on that is it's, that's just the most, the best way that our human brains would understand how those realms work. Oh, right? sure. It's beyond our It's not a, it's not a, a, a literal, uh, but um, so on one hand, does it provide a great platform for introducing people? The answer, I think in theory, like in from perception is yes. Mm-hmm. Does that play out um, in, in um, did it have, is it, was it successful? I think what I would point to as a yes would be the new age of Sigmar website. Okay. That very, they're, very, very similar. That they're, du- yep, the, that they're duplicating the Malign Portance website with the Age of Sigmar website mm-hmm. that's going to have that similar kind of entry, um, navigation, mm-hmm. stories, uh, you know, looking through the realms. Sure. So I think be- if, if Malign Portance wasn't successful, they wouldn't, they may not have done that. Gotcha. And so when we talk about whether or not they're going to continue that methodology for releasing these stories, yep. if if we think that maybe the website is in the indication that somehow some part of it worked, maybe that also means that that story delivery system also worked or accomplished what they hoped it did. And then that would give it a better chance for it to show up in the future, which I hope it did. I mean, if I had to go click around on the store and buy stuff, um, so be it uh, to get it. Yeah. I mean, and if, if we're talking from just a social media perspective, we've seen an escalation from the beginning of AOS to where we are now, right? It started Mm -hmm. out with Facebook pages and it started out with the website. Then it was oh from there right from there social media I'm like and oh, then we I mean have, I don't have to start, yeah then we have more regular posts of what's coming up to far more daily posts to malign important like they have escalated their yeah. engagement yeah, I mean, social media and this is I mean so maybe no people listening don't stop. care about this mm-hmm. but the the buzz or the the like re, the mountain of content that's created in reaction to the more important stories to the releases has just increased. Um, I, you know, all of the, the, the podcasters talk about all these things, the YouTube um, community, you know, there's been more videos, you know, videos on every single story videos on every single hint that's come out, you know, um, their release schedule is perpetuating this, this this machine For of this content her, yeah so every time they post something now there's a dozen other people posting things that True. just just it broadcast it further snowballs on top of it so yeah yeah, yeah. True. corpse balls Ooh, gross <laughs> sorry no, gash. Thank you. yeah i try not to open my pitches with <laughs> corpse balls finger food there's no no let me hit, yeah. hit, hit you with an idea corpse balls <laughs> finger food uh, okay, yeah never mind hey guys uh it sounds like it sounds like we like these MP it's, stories. Yeah, uh, suffice it to say. Uh, yeah, go read them. Sure, and prepare yourself for what Games Workshop's going to do next because it's probably not going to. You're probably not going to expect it. Sure, and it'll probably uh, knock your socks off. Keep you on your toes. You know how hard it is to actually knock somebody's socks off? It's like almost impossible. I don't know. My three-year-old can't keep them on. <laughs> she's not being knocked out of his socks though. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's time for our reforging <laughs> like and subscribe our youtube channel comment below leave a review for us on itunes and follow us on twitter you can find us at 
Mortal Realms. The Mortal Realms. At The Mortal Realms on okay, Twitter. We changed it. Uh, Davey, who's not here right now, send him a message on Twitter at red underscore Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. Aaron, where do we find you? You can find me at, at Josezos, a, or at D-O-S-A-C-E-O-S. Do you want say again? Do you want, do you want, to do, again? Do you want to say again? D-O-S-A-C-E-O-S. Yeah, that's how you say it. Right, okay. That's what I said last time. Paul, where do we find you? At PJ Shard. And I'm Eric at Stone Monkey Gamer, and you can uh, see more of our content. Read, watch uh, at, sorry, at our website, okay. themortalrealms.com. And uh, look forward to talking to you, seeing you, ta- telling more stories sure. in the future. We're going to do it at your guys' house next time. It's time for Forging. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Who just said that? All right. Good night. Peace. I don't understand it.